This morning, um, I'm going to be speaking on a truth, some truths that are the most valuable truths in my personal life, and that is love and truth. And so the title of today's message is Love Does, Truth Says. Love Does and Truth Says. I didn't plan on this, but I thought, you know, we have a lot of visitors today. Welcome, all y'all that are visiting. Good to see you. And I thought, you know, when I go somewhere and I listen to a speaker, I feel a lot more connected and engaged when I know a little something about them. And so most of you that are home folks, we're a small church, so you know me pretty well. But there's a lot of people in here who don't know me. So just to tell you a few things about who I am, my name's Natasha. You learned that. I am Pastor Jeff's wife. We have three beautiful children, um, two big kids and one little kid that's back in kids' church right now. We've lived in this area almost eight years. I grew up in Las Vegas. My husband always says he took a gamble on me when he married me. Um, and it's true. <laughs> but I think it's working out pretty good, maybe. Um, and so, and then from Vegas, uh, I grew up in a broken family, single mom, lived in the ghetto, did crazy wild things. People who know me say, I'm surprised you don't have PTSD. I say it's because of the grace of God. He's a good healer. Um, from Vegas, I moved to Florida when I was 15. Uh, Actually, I moved to Georgia, Savannah, Georgia for one year. I thought that Savannah, Georgia was the Garden of Eden because I grew up in Vegas, so I only saw desert. And when I got to Georgia, I just remember, like, that 15-year-old, like, I was in awe of the beauty of green, right? There's so many, there's beautiful oak trees in Savannah. Only lived there for a year, but it was a beautiful place. We left Vegas because my mom was afraid for my life. I was um, a kid who just grew up in a rough place, and I, I lived a rough life, and she was nervous that I might not live much longer if we stayed there. So she was brave. She by herself picked up all, four, picked, um, all her kids up. We got in a bus, and we took a bus, a Greyhound bus, to Savannah, Georgia, and there was a small church who was so gracious to us as a family that provided a place for us to live when we first moved there. Um, from Georgia, we moved with me kicking and screaming again to Florida which is where I encountered God for the first time um, in a way that actually transformed my life. I came to know love, and I came to know truth, and I was forever changed, and now I'm here today. Amen? So that's a little bit about who I am. Um, yeah, let's clap for God, right? Because sometimes you see a person, and you think they've just always have had it, like, all together. But when you hear a little bit about their stories, sometimes you realize that's not the case. There's actually a very good God who helps people who are very desperate, right? I was very desperate. So um, today, as I said, I'm going to be talking about love and truth. Um, you know, I feel like all of us are known for something, right? There's some quirky things, some funny things that people know about us. But if you really get to know someone and you dig a little deeper, you're going to find that there's some core values within every person that kind of are the compass to how they live, what they do, and what they say, right? And so as you get to know people, you get to know what those things are. Well, I pray, my prayer is that at the end of my life, um, those who stand at my funeral one day, they would say, I knew Natasha for truth and love. She was a person who walked those things out well. Um, today I want to talk to you a little bit about what those things mean because, first of all, we say love about all kinds of things. I love my new shoes. They're cute, right? Stacy's checking them out. So they're not that comfortable, but they're cute. Uh, it's what women do to be cute. So 
uh, I love my new shoes. I love tacos. I love chocolate. I love walks. I love mountains. I love oceans. I love my husband. I love my babies, and I love my God. But how many of you know, like, the love I have for chocolate, even though it's the same word, and the love I have for my husband are quite different, right? And so we throw that word around in our language, and it means all kinds of things. But I want to start by laying a foundation of what love means to God. Um, And before I even do that, no, I'm going to start with that first. So to God, love is that he sent his son. His son. Like, this is my son. Can you stand up, buddy, for a moment? Yeah. Y'all, isn't he handsome? You can sit back down. So, So that's my boy. He's really embarrassed. He's 16. I'm sorry, son. Um, that's my boy. And I love him. He's handsome. He's smart. He's gorgeous. But most of all, he's mine. And that's why I love him, right? Because he's my boy. Well, I love you guys, but I can never love you enough that I would give my son for you. That that is the love of the Father. That the God of all creation, his definition of love and what his love means to us is that he loved loved so much, he loved us so much, that he gave his one and only son so that we would have a way to come into right relationship with him, so that we could be forgiven of all of our sins through his son. And that is what love is. Amen? So we're going to go through, and just to lay a foundation, I'm going to read to you guys a bunch of Bible verses. We're going to just kind of go through them one after another for the purpose of, again, building a foundation. And we're going to start with Psalms 26, verse 3. It says, For I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. Again, we're going to move to Psalms 25, verse 10. And it says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Psalms 86, 15. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy, loving kindness, and truth. Psalms 40:11. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. Proverbs 16:6. 6, by loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. Exodus 34, 6. Then the Lord passed by in front of him, speaking of Moses, and he proclaimed, this is God proclaiming who he is, the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Proverbs 3, 3. Do not let loving kindness and truth leave you. The Amplified Version adds, instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. I feel like God wrote this verse for Tasha. Because he said, Tasha loses everything. She loses her phone, her keys, her makeup bag, her purse, all on a 24-hour basis. For her to keep loving kindness and truth, she better tie them around her neck, make a necklace out of them. And she can't just write them on a tablet. It's got to be the tablet of her heart. That was supposed to be kind of funny. Y'all didn't laugh that much. (laughs) That's another thing about me. I lose things, and I try to be funny, and I'm not that funny. But it's cute, so you laugh anyways. Thank you. Um, So as you can see from all these verses, there are two attributes that come over and over again, and they're placed 
together. And that is loving kindness and truth. You know, I feel like in the day that we're living in, even in the church of God, we have a lot of struggles. Because when people operate in what they call love outside of truth, it leaves people confused and it causes grief. And when people try to operate in truth outside of love, it leaves people confused and it leads them to grief. Amen. So love and truth must work together, and we see that in these verses. The other thing we see is that love actually is God. God is love. God is love and God is truth. And if these verses don't make it clear, there's three things we saw. We saw that God was love, that all his ways are love, and that what he's called us to is a life of love and truth. Amen. And to make it even, like I said, more clear, First John says God is love. John 14, Jesus said, I am the truth. And then again in John 16, the Holy, of the Holy Spirit, it says that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Amen? I feel like we got a good foundation. How about you? So let's just talk about love for a moment. Um, so God loved us first, right? He loved us by giving his son, and that's, and that's how we know what love is. That's, that's really our greatest example of love. But then we have to actually grow in not just a head knowledge, but a revelation where the love of God is so strong in our life that it actually yields fruit. Like it makes us live differently because we don't just have a knowledge in our head that, yes, Jesus loves me. But it's actually something so real inside of our lives that it burns within us, transforming the way that we live and transforming the way that we think. So I went to this conference a while back, and um, it was a conference for specifically for people who were social workers or people who were going into foster care, adoption. The name of the conference is called Empowered to Connect, and um, most of the studies done by, in that conference were by a brilliant and compassionate doctor by the name of Dr. Karen Purvis. At that conference, I, she, I learned about attachment. <laughs> Attachment is a beautiful, powerful thing that every one of us needs. Attachment is based out of love. And what happens with attachment is how attachment is formed, being that we want to attach to God's love, right? We want it to be not just something we know about, but something we're secure in. How attachment is formed is in the first year of a baby's life, a baby cries and a caregiver comes. A baby cries and a caregiver comes. A baby cries and a caregiver comes, and the caregiver comes, and she tries not to lose her mind, right? Over and over and over again. And as that happens, thousands of times in the first year of life, attachment is formed. And through that attachment, what happens is within a child, within a young child, they learn some things that are so needed for life and that are going to cause that child to develop to optimal growth. And that is they grow in the fact that their needs matter. They learn through attachment that their needs matter. It's something that we carry on through our life. Our needs matter. The next thing they learn through attachment is they learn that they are valuable. They have value. Because the caregiver came, I have value. The next thing that the caregiver, that the child learns is that they are precious. They are precious. Their needs matter. They're precious. They're valuable. And because of those things, 
that child can grow and they can trust. They learn to trust through attachment. And so how do we grow in our relationship with God? How do we grow in our attachment to God so that we can become secure, so that we can become people who know our value, so that we can become people who can trust? The answer is the same for the baby who called out. It's the same for the baby who called out. Psalms 91 verse 15 says this, He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. A couple days ago, I got to a conference. I got to go to a seminar conference um, that was a medical one. And I listened to a brilliant and humble man who must be, Jenna was with me, like, how do you describe him? Like 90s, he was about 96, 97, 96, 97 years old. And one of the kindest people, I feel like, from listening to him that I'd ever met. He was a doctor who was called at the age of 11 to become a medical missionary. When he shared his story, he said he was in a church service, worshiping the Lord as an 11-year-old kid. And all of a sudden, inside, he just had this calling. He knew that he was to become a medical missionary. He laughed and he shared with us that the only doctor he had ever met was the one who gave birth to him when he was a baby. And, um, and so life went on. He grew and went on to actually had a desire to not so much do what he felt that call was. He had a desire to teach, really, and to preach, he shared. And so he went on to seminary for a couple years. And after a couple years of that, he moved out to pastor and didn't do that before, before, for very long before he realized he needed to follow the call of God in his life, which was to become a medical missionary. So he went on to medical school, and then he shared that he went on to Africa, which is where he helped thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people in Africa. And he shares how his very first surgery, a man was speared. And this man, uh, the doctor, did I tell you guys the doctor's name? His name is Dr. Lowell Guess. I hope I pronounced it right. So his very first surgery, a man was speared. And you can imagine his nerves. He shared how, like, in himself, he didn't, like, he was concerned about actually performing surgery and trying to save this man's life because he knew as a doctor it was so important that he gained the trust of the people. And this was major, right? And so he shares how he begins to do the surgery, and he had to do one, or it was, there was two different um, ways that he had to perform the surgery, and he was unsure at the moment. He couldn't remember what he was supposed to do. And the way that was the wrong way, if he did it the wrong way, there was a 50% chance that he would lose the man he was performing surgery on. So he says he stopped and he prayed. What did he do? He stopped and he prayed. He called to God and God came. And he says after he prayed, he knew for sure which surgery he was supposed to perform. Now I share that because that is like a major story, right? And he had to be able to trust God with the decision that was about somebody's life. And I'm sure before he could trust God to make such a big decision, there were probably a lot of times before that that he called about the little moments of life and he heard God come. 
you heard Jeff, Pastor Jeff shared with you guys last week, and I was sitting in the boat with them, how he was fishing, and he was struggling with fishing, and he wasn't catching any fish, and he was getting frustrated, and I think for him, it's, it's a little deeper, and I know he's secure enough that I can share with you, so he didn't grow up with a dad, and so a lot of times when there's something that he has to do that's like a hard thing that a dad would have probably taught a son, he feels it a little deeper, because it's like, I don't really know how to fish because my dad wasn't around. He never taught me to fish. Or I don't know how to fix this car because my dad wasn't around. He never taught me how to do that. And, and the list goes on. But he has come to know that God is his Abba Father. And so in those moments, he's learned that I can call to God when I'm fixing a car and God will come. I can call to God when I'm trying to catch a fish and I don't know what I'm going to do and God will come. I can call to God when I'm trying to put some flooring in and I have no clue what I'm doing and God will come. Amen? Because that is how we grow in our love for God. We call to him and he comes and he does it over and over and over again. Amen? I'd like to talk to you guys a little bit about truth now. So John 17, 17 says, Make them holy. By your truth. Your word is truth. The first thing that we need to understand about truth is that God is the determiner of what is truth. Like, that actually takes a load off of our shoulders, doesn't it? Like, we don't have to be the ones, nor should we be the ones, to decide what is right, what is righteous, and what is wrong. God is the determiner of what is truth, and you find that truth in the word of God. So we as children of God, when we come to him and we say, God, I'm going to love you, and I'm going to learn to love you, and I'm going to give you my heart, the next thing that we do is we open our Bibles, and we discover the heartbeat of God. We discover what God values. We discover how God feels about different things in our lives. And you know what? This, is, this happens in our personal relationships. In our personal relationships, God, I don't know what to do in this relationship. So you can go to the Word of God, and God will have an answer for you for your relationship. This applies to our our view of the world, our world view. Lord, I don't know how I feel about this moral issue. I'm, I, I feel I'm being pulled different ways, and I'm not sure what to believe and what is right. You know what the answer is, friends? We go to the word of God, and we trust that the answer is there because God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and God's ways are higher than our ways. So we have to understand and value the word of God as truth in our lives. Amen? And you're going to get tested in that area. Because sometimes when you speak truth, people don't like it. But you know what? It's equally important to not only know truth and speak it as it is to love. And so when you do truth and you want to do it well, you got to do it in love. Amen? you got to be able to look into a person's eyes when you're talking to a friend and you're going to tell them a hard truth. you got to be able to look in their eyes with a genuine love and say, you know what, I really love you. I really care about your life, and that is why I'm telling you this. Right? Amen. All right, so i got some things that I want to share, to you, share with you guys about what love does and what truth says. But before I do that, I want to encourage, I told you some things that love produces in your life, how it produces security, value, trust. It also produces obedience. Jesus said, if they love, if you love me, you'll obey me. Truth produces purpose. 
Truth gives you something to fight for. Truth gives you something to stand on, something to live for. Truth makes you a little louder, a little stronger. It gives you a sense of purpose. Truth produces freedom. When you know what God says, you have, you're free to live in it. You're not, you don't have to try to measure up to other people or try to become something that you're not. You can say, I am a daughter of God or I am a son of God. I'm going to live out of that truth. I'm going to live out of the truth that I'm wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God. Amen? Um, truth produces faith and truth produces purity. And when you're secure in love, you are empowered to live in truth. When you are secure in love, you are empowered to live in truth. So what does love do? I was studying Matthew when I was writing these notes, and I decided to only type part of my notes because my notebook was flooded, and I would have kept y'all here a really long time if I told you just out of one book of the Bible, the book of Matthew, what love does. So I just picked a few, and I'm going to tell you those things. So love does. Love humbled himself, came to the earth, born a baby, and lived as a man. Love lived by the truths the Father spoke. Love called 12 men who were different from one another and different from himself and brought them to his inner circle to teach and to share all he had. Love saw the multitudes and felt compassion. Love healed the sick, fed the hungry, touched the dirty, sat by the sinner, and washed dirty feet. Love got away from the crowd sometimes, pray by himself. Love walked on the water, doing the supernatural and inviting others to do the same. Afraid. Love confronted the religious and went against the grain. Love took time to help his followers understand the truth. Love made the impossible possible and taught others to do the same. Love made my time for children, let them come close, and he blessed them. Love did not consider the rich more valuable than the poor. Love willingly gave his life on a cross, and love conquered death and rose to life. How many of you can shout amen? What love says, or what truth says? Truth says in his first message, this is Jesus, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That word repent, for those who don't know, means change your mind and go a new direction. Eternity is coming to all. Truth says, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Truth says, blessed are you when you mourn, when your, hunger, when your hunger is for what is right, when you're merciful and pure in heart, when you're a peacemaker, when you're persecuted for doing what is right. There's a reward for you in heaven. Truth says, you are salt and you are light. Truth says, be reconciled to your brother. Truth says, lust is adultery. Truth says, if someone makes you stumble, get far away from them. Truth says, when you give, pray, and fast, do it in secret, not so that everyone knows. Truth says, money can't be your master. Truth says, don't worry, don't fear, trust God. Truth says, you are so valuable. Truth says, don't judge, seek God first. Truth says, ask for what you need, for he cares about your needs and he provides for you. Truth says, God gives good gifts. Truth says the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come so that you would have life and life abundantly. Truth says I am coming again. That is the truth that our Jesus shared with us. Now, I feel like every person in here has a desire to be known by something great, 
something greater than self, something greater than what, how much money you earn or what you accomplish or the things that you don't like or dislike. I feel like most of you, I could almost say all of you in here, would say, yes, I have a desire to be known at the end of my life that I loved well and that I walked in truth. How do we get there? Like, how do we become world changers that live a life of love and truth, that at the end of our life, our reputations are not stained, and we can say, I made it to the end. You know, I can tell you guys that even though I strive for these things, and I'd say most of the time I walk in them, once in a while, I do fail. Just the other day, someone ticked me off. They made me kind of mad. I get ticked off, yeah, once in a while. So I got, I got pretty annoyed. And like all night and the next morning, I was stewing in it. Like I wasn't trying to, but it was just happening. Has that ever happened to anybody in the room? Thank you for being honest. Y'all are so honest. So I was just kind of ticked. And I was like, and I'm like thinking in my brain, like how can I make this right? Not like the right way, but like more like justification, like wanting justice type thing, you know? And then it was like, all of a sudden, like, I just came to, like, Holy Spirit. Thank God for Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. was like, what would love and truth do right now? <laughs> As I was preparing for my message a few days before. You know, so, like, <laughs> so I just, like, I had to just, like, receive that, right? Just receive that correction. What does love, what would love and truth look like right now? Well, number one, love forgives, Right? And so, and then truth speaks. And so I had to have a conversation with somebody, and you know what? It went so much better than it would have went had I acted on my own initiative, right? And just went off of all the things I was thinking and feeling. I tell you these things to tell you that you have a choice, that God has blessed you with a beautiful power of will. And every day you can choose, God, reveal more of your love to me. God, I want to know your love. I'm going to call to you, and you're going to answer me. Every day you can choose, God, I'm going to walk in truth no matter how hard it is. And if you stumble, guess what? He is love. You can get right back up, and you can come to him, and you can say, God, like, I failed. Forgive me. And you know what? He's not going to push you away and say, come back in three days like we might do to somebody, right? He's actually going to pull you near right then and there. So that is the God that we serve. So every day we get to choose love and we get to choose truth. Um, you know, I'm going to just bring up a subject just for a moment before I close. And just to give you an example of love and truth, like how do you, what does this look like practically walking it out every day? Uh, I shared with you what it looked like for a moment in a relationship, just sharing with you my little part of my little story there. Uh, what does it look like when it comes to worldview, like what does it look like when, with, you know, the things that I see plastered all over Facebook or the things that, that uh, help me determine, like, how I'm going to vote or the things that are just, you know, placed before my life? And, and I'm going to bring up a subject that I know to some of you is tender and just know that I'm bringing it up in love and that we serve a God of forgiveness. But I want to talk to you for just a moment about the subject of abortion because I feel like it's a subject that's in front of us all the time, and we need to know how to walk in love, and we need to know how to walk in truth when it comes to that subject. And so I can say that abortion is wrong because truth says in Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. That is why abortion is wrong. 
But what do I do about it? Like, how do I walk in love about it? Because there's going to be girls around me, maybe even people in this room, who felt so desperate that they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how on earth they could give birth to a baby and take care of a baby when they themselves are broken and poor. And so as we, as, if we as truth carriers are going to have the ability to speak truth, we need to have enough love to say, I'm going to do something to help you. And so what love does in that situation is love has some options, right? Love can come beside that girl and say, you know what, honey? I know you're thinking about this, and I know you're lonely, and I know you're feeling desperate, but I'm not going to just tell you not to do this. I'm going to tell you I'll help you through it. I'm going to tell you that I'll provide for you a place to stay. You can come and live with me for a while. Or I'm going to tell you about a beautiful option called adoption. Right? And if love showed up at the clinic, she wouldn't yell at girls walking through the door who are already afraid. Love would delicately and gently and compassionately look into her eyes and say, Honey, I know you're scared. And I know you don't want to do this, but the baby inside of you is precious and priceless. And if the girl shook you away from her and walked through the building and did it anyways, love would stand at the back door and say, I'm so sorry. We serve a God who's compassionate and loving, and he wants to forgive you and heal you. That is love and truth in action. And let me tell you guys, if we're really going to do it, and we're going to do it well, it's going to be messy. It's going to be hard, and there's going to be times that you do things you don't want to do. There's going to be things you step into that you don't want to step into because it's so much easier to close our eyes and walk another direction. But is that what God's called us to? Like, no. God's called us to get a little messy sometimes. God's called us to have genuine love, genuine care, and walk out genuine truth. Amen?